welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yes, this weekly podcast <laughs> is back very weekly, but we are back. Weekly, weekly. Yes. With we're, not, we're not going to spell it for you. <laughs> but look at this. We did. We got the band back together. Everybody yeah. is here in the room. Uh, Aaron Porter joining us there from the left coast. And... Uh, I'm just totally in the Christmas spirit. Is anybody else? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like it. That was strong. <laughs> I actually really am. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, you know, yeah. it, was, it was funny. We went to, Allie and I went to Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb concert oh. at the Ryman on Monday night. And Andy Gullihan, who's been on this podcast, a good friend, Samson Society, started that group up in Nashville. It, it, it was his turn to come to the mic. He goes... Uh, who's in the mood for some rocking Christmas music? And there was, <laughs> and there was this kind of was big response, and he went, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and then he goes something like this. He goes, uh, "Who feels like you've just blown your life up so badly that it can never be repaired?" <laughs> and there was kind of a smattering of applause. He goes. This song is for us. <laughs> and he played this great song called uh, It's Not Too Late. Huh. Tore the place up. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, Aaron, what are you trying to say there? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I experienced that same thing. Friday and Saturday, I was out at a winery that was having their Christmas party uh, for their club members. I don't know if you saw the pictures. It, Caleb came with me and played yeah, ukulele. Yeah. That was pretty exciting to have a kid playing Porter along for four songs each night. Yeah. Uh, but the weird thing was the second night, well, the first night when I would play Christmas music, it wasn't raining that night. One group would come in and one group would leave. And then when I'd play like Elton John, the Christmas people would leave and the other group would come in. <laughs> second night, I actually had one woman boo every time I played a Christmas song. Oh. Did you say she booed? So. She booed, not, not she boozed. She was, well, you know, yeah. it's not for me to say. But I had no idea how strongly people felt about Christmas music until Friday and Saturday night. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Those people are wrong. <laughs> Christmas music is a gift. It is. It is. Oh, man. I just heard on NPR last night a, a, a review of Casey Musgrave's new oh, Christmas yeah. album. Uh, yeah. What I forget. What I saw called. the cover of it the other day. Oh, it's tremendous! Yeah. Oh, mm. some great original songs, and then she covers. It's fantastic. I had given. I had totally given up on any Christmas music made after, like after Bing Crosby. Yeah, oh, probably. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let me see. Uh, yeah, what are the classic Christmas albums? Well, there's there's the Andy Williams Red record, right? I don't mm. know the name of, it, but it's the red cover. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's White Christmas. Right, right, right. There's Frank Sinatra. I think maybe it's just Frank Sinatra wishes you a Merry Christmas. Uh huh. Um, Beach Boys, you gotta have the Beach Boys. Okay, uh, that's true. That's true. Right. You, um, you're you're Vince, missing the Vince best Geraldi one, trio. Newton. You are missing the all time classic. What? John Chipmunks? Denver, A Rocky Mountain Christmas. Really, the best ever. Is it really? I'll give it a chance. <laughs> you must. You maybe. must. It is the best. Okay. Did anyone else grow up with the Firestone LPs that you got at the Firestone tire store when you bought a set of tires? Uh-uh. Nope. No, we didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> Small problem. 
This sounds very Canadian. <laughs> no, 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 eh? No. Um, I'm born in the South, but uh, they, they were fun. Uh, they probably were like special projects records that combined a lot of that stuff. Huh. But, uh, probably huh. your first compilation records. But uh, yeah. we grew up wow. with a whole, we had a whole set of Firestone records yeah. in our house. I had, I had given up on like anything Christmas music related since like made after probably like 1980, except for like rare exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's some really good stuff that like independent folks have put yeah. out. I mean, I hear, I mean, like if Casey Musgraves thing is good, she oh. and him's Christmas record is, oh. if you can deal with Zoe Deschanel, like it's pretty good. <laughs> um, Sufjan Stevens like, is pretty eclectic, but it's got some really beautiful songs. Incredible record. Oh, yeah. oh, I love Sufjan. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. I had an epiphany today that I'm trying to introduce Luke to Christmas music and like, but not the slow stuff that I like. Yeah. But like the stuff that kid is kids friendly. And so I was just playing some kids thing. Uh-huh. And uh, Rafi, if you guys remember Rafi, the kids artist. <laughs> Apples and bananas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. like that guy. He has a song yeah. called Must Be Santa. And I had the epiphany that. Sufjan Stevens and Rafi are the, probably the same person. <laughs> Rafi, Rafi is the kids' version of Sufjan Stevens. That's brilliant. Oh man! Like songs New, about whales. New, you just you just lost us our Seattle hipster base right there. They're they're out. Oh my! That's great, yeah, though. so I'm totally in the well, Christmas spirit. It it was uh, it has been a good season for us. Abby had her birthday on Monday, and we got the tree. But it was also nice having some Larkins in town for the beginning of the holiday yeah. season. I'll tell you what, uh, what a gift that was. It was uh, for Allie and me. It was like uh, a second honeymoon. Actually, far better than the first one. <laughs> uh, <coughs> amazing and it started out terribly those of you who listen to this podcast the previous episode we we decided that we needed to do an episode on depression and Aaron said hey I know a guy a doctor who's uh, helped me and plenty of other people here in California let's see if we can get him on and Paul Corona came on the podcast and said some pretty remarkable things now, I don't talk about it really much in this podcast, but Allie has really struggled uh, emotionally and mentally ever since cancer diagnosis about three years ago and has been treated with a whole range of psychotropic drugs, uh, none of which uh, have really been helpful, uh, just helpful enough. And the problem is she's tried to get off them and has and had terrible side effects whenever she's tried to stop yeah. taking them. Jeez. And uh, we had, it was right after this, we recorded the last podcast that I took Allie to her monthly psychiatrist uh, appointment. And the doctor said a couple of things. First of all, he said, it's going to take a year to get you off the medication you're hmm. on. And secondly, uh, there's really nothing more we can do for your anxiety with uh, medication. Hmm. Uh, we've tried everything. It really, uh, I'm going to refer you to cognitive behavioral therapy. You've just got to learn to think positively. Uh, and the reason you can't sleep is because fear is waking you up. I'm not sure how thinking positive you, why you're sleeping is going to, I don't know how that works, but at any rate. Put, oh, put, put Christmas music on in the background. Come on. Oh man, we had just tried everything. Get that poor woman to sleep. And then these panic attacks would come out of nowhere. And, 
she would wake up just with this dark sense of foreboding. Something terrible is going to happen. Wow. Would take her at least an hour to get out of bed. Uh, very low frustration threshold. So I'm always running interference, trying to make sure that nothing is going to tip her over. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the girl I married. That's right. not yeah. the woman I've been yeah. married to for the first 35 years. She's always been tough and independent and optimistic. Right. Uh, well, holy smokes. After we uh, recorded this podcast, I called Dr. Corona, asked for an appointment. He said, sure, come on out. And man, we packed up and got on a plane. It was hard to get Allie on the plane. Hmm. She was terrified of the trip to the airport. We had to have extra Valium to get her on the plane. I assured her we'd be home in four days. That was, she couldn't, that was the longest she was going to be away from the house. <clears throat> she was in a very fragile state. Hmm. And uh, we got in to see that crazy doctor and uh, who doesn't look much like a doctor, doesn't dress like a doctor, <laughs> doesn't act like a doctor, but... But he uh, quacks like a doctor. Yeah, man. He had a bunch of uh, he had a bunch of questions to ask, and he he listened and and uh, and then just kind of came up with a with a diagnosis and said, "I think your psychiatrist really has been chasing the wrong rabbit, and hmm. uh, we need to." He's looking at the uh, you just got some problems in the brain where a couple of neurotransmitters are not moving properly, and the fix is pretty simple. And here's plan A. And uh, at any rate, he got her completely off two of the three medications she's been on for years and cut the third by a half. Wow. Uh, And one medication he gave her, he says, okay, I want you to take this medication. However, the minimum dose is still too high. So we're going to cut the pills in half. Hmm. Take one of those, one half a day. And then here's another Medication I'd like you to take. Turns out a month's supply of that stuff costs seven dollars and ninety-seven cents. Um, <laughs> How are you guys gonna afford that? <laughs> and Allie woke up the next day and just went, Holy smokes. Hmm. I f- wow. I feel normal. Wow. And uh I was uh I was nervous. I was waiting for the bubble to burst. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. afraid to come home. I decided it'd be good for us to stay in California, close to the doctor for a couple of weeks. And Aaron made some phone calls and uh, some very generous people offered us a place to stay up in the Central Coast. We got to spend Thanksgiving with Aaron, his family. And we had the most glorious two weeks in California. Hmm. Nice. Uh, the anxiety is gone. Wow. The negative thinking is gone. Uh, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. So, uh, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's uh truly miraculous. I, uh, Allie and I just, a- Allie says it's, it's been a month now since we saw the doctor and Allie says sometimes she still just kind of pinches herself and kind of, she says, hey, if I wake up from this, I'm killing myself. <laughs> <laughs> if this is all a construct. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So anyway, there's my so endorsement for, those for Dr. Of, for, Paul Corona. And, I was uh, going to say, for those listeners that didn't listen to that podcast, I'm sure they would like to go back one episode yeah, and yeah. hear this guy talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Uh, yeah, I want to hear it. I, I I wouldn't hear for that. So yeah, yeah. Um, having walked through that as well, like I, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it was cool. While we were there, he said, "Look, I want you to for the for the first couple of weeks." He says, "I want you to call me every two days, hmm. and I will always call you back within an hour." 
The psychiatrist she's been seeing would only see her once a month and then wouldn't even see her. She'd see a physician's assistant. This guy, oh, wow. this guy, he said seven days a week. And if you get any trouble, call me. She had one scary moment. We were in a gap store in San Luis. That's always scary. Yeah. And she, she started to, this anxiety started to rise up and uh, she called the doctor and he called right back. He said, well, it looks like we're coming off that Valium a little fast. <laughs> and because she just, she got so excited, she stopped taking everything. Oh. Uh, yeah. So he said, let's keep that at a half dose for a while. But yeah. in a few weeks, we'll be off. What the, do- what, what the psychiatrist in Nashville said, it would take a, mu- a, a year to do. Wow. Wow. Dr. Corona says, we'll get, we'll get it done in a month. Hmm. Phenomenal. And uh, there, is awesome. a, there is a cautionary tale about paying attention to doctor's directions in here as well, right, Nate? Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. Y- you got you to tell that part of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Allie would, uh, oh, oh, you mean when she <laughs> she took triple the dose she yes. was supposed to take? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she took, uh, yeah, she, she uh, didn't actually write down what he said, and she kind of got it mixed up in her head. <laughs> And she, yeah, so she Oops. took, I called the doctor. He said, she took how much? Oh. <laughs> he said, well, fortunately, you can't overdose on that stuff. Uh, yeah. It, it's now proven. There's yeah. <laughs> there's now alley data that yeah. it won't kill yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but w- what a, what a, just a wonderful time we had. It's a beautiful part of the country there. Uh, we spent a total of 12 days around San Luis and, and uh, Paso Robles and, uh, just a, a a gorgeous time, and then got to spend some time in Southern California. And I connected with my uh, with my man Gavin from the uh, Orange County Pirates. Cool. Uh, it was good to to find another Samson brother. I got lonesome for that morning morning walk. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. All right, well enough for me. That wraps up this episode of the. <laughs> 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 Uh, Newton, uh, you're, you're forging ahead on the, yeah. On the climbing gym. You're going to get that sucker going. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> every, everything is busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just, we've gone from having, you know, what feels like zero irons in the fire and a few in the fridge Yeah. to, <laughs> to, to, having, to having every, everything in the fire. And it's, uh. It's a really, it's a really interesting space to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in talking with my Silas, um, you know, cause it all feels like a big deal, you know, like I really want to, to put my hope on this. Yeah. Um, and I have to remind myself that, <clears throat> and it's kind of just become a mantra to me and it may just be this way for the next six months. For, or for the rest of my life that not what I'm doing right now is the biggest deal. And it's also the smallest, most inconsequential thing. Yeah. Um, and that what I'm trying to do doesn't change the facts about my life, mm-hmm. who I am as a husband, who I am as a father, who I am as a man in Christ. Yeah. But it changes the circumstances around those facts. Yeah. Right. So I think my job right now is basically to be able to hold tension. Yeah. Um, and, and not go, too far, too far off, you know, to one side or the other. But yeah, business is is busy trying to keep one thing going while we're trying to build something else, um, while trying to have any sort of personal balance. Yeah, um, yeah, which is which right now is the challenge for me. Like I'm eating like crap, not running, 
Yeah. Probably drinking more than I oughta. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just pushing through and yeah, it's all, it's all, a, I think the theme of Advent for me right now and, or this year and just my life in general is it's all, it's all about grace yeah. and mm-hmm. everything can suck, but not, not that everything sucks, but like the things that suck are just an, an opportunity for me to experience grace. There you go. And, and so yeah, everything is exciting and everything is scary, mm-hmm. um, but it's good. Um, and also having a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, things are, things are cool. Luke had his first uh, Christmas program last night. Uh, if you ever want to know what a bunch of one and two year olds can do in a Christmas program, the answer is not much. <laughs> they, they rode in wagons. Yeah. Um, it lasted about two minutes. Um, and my son, bless his heart, just was there for the wagon ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just sitting around like, cool, what's what's next? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, things things are good. Things are fun. We've got our first real Christmas tree, my first real Christmas tree ever. Oh, really? So my house smells like Douglas fir. Yeah. Um, when it doesn't smell like dog. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, things, are, things are really good and exciting and scary and... Uh, I'm grateful for the for the opportunity and for the grace to just be present to all of those emotions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah things are things are things are good. Oh, fantastic! So, yeah. And Mark Whitlock over here, the uh, incredible shrinking man. Duff, <laughs> just to remind uh, our listeners here, Mark. Uh, you, there's been this radical transformation. A lot of things have changed for you in the last year. You got married. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then there's been this like physical transformation. Uh, what's the total weight loss? Uh, well, the tracked weight loss from January 1st uh, is 77 pounds. Wow. Uh, but That's a nine-year-old. But the chance of it being more than that, if you look at photographs going back to July of, of uh, 2015, yeah. uh, could even be even more than that. Yeah. Uh, and even though I've, I've weighed about the same thing the last two months, even though I've... I've uh, started running again i ran as a teenager and love it and have run four marathons but ran marathons at at least 30 pounds heavier than i am now mm-hmm. um and looking forward to a, a half marathon in april uh it's it's a big deal and um I, I there's not a stitch of clothing other than a couple pairs of socks yeah that i have that fit yeah and it's been odd as we get into the holidays we've gone past the anniversaries of both my parents deaths mm-hmm. and um um, we have the holidays here with all the emotion that they come with. And what I've realized is that uh, I think I've overdosed on change this year. Yeah. And I'm trying to recover from that because mm-hmm. not only do I look different in the mirror. I mean, I've grown a goatee. I've, you know, I'm, I'm woolly today, but, you know, yeah. I, I normally am spot, sporting a shaved head, which I've wanted for a number of years and all different clothes. Uh, yeah. Remarried. Uh, the people that I spend a lot of time with are different than. They were a year ago, two years ago. Um, the, the place where I live, the car I drive in, the music I listen to, um, so much has radically changed that uh, I'm struggling with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm grateful for, um, so grateful for the the physical transformation and the way I feel and the way that uh, um, I know my health is. Um, I'm grateful that I've kept it off as long as I have and mm-hmm. and uh, look forward to, to doing that more. And uh, just prayed, prayed hard last night. 
use this analogy uh, with uh, my 10 year old. Uh, I, I told him that I was sad last night as I was praying as he went to bed. And he said, why are you sad? And I said, well, uh, when I was your age, I wanted to grow tall really fast. You know, my dad was a basketball coach. And so every day after school during basketball season, I'd go over to the gym. He'd pick me up from school and I'd go to the gym and I'd get to pick up balls and carry towels and hand out water bottles and stuff. And all these guys were giant. And I remember praying, Lord, I want to, I want to grow tall. Help me grow mm-hmm. tall. And I, I stood in my closet and marked, you know, the, the my height with a pencil <laughs> and it never got any taller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually I hit my growth spurt and all that type stuff. And I, I looked at, looked at my 10 year old last night and I said, what I'm feeling now is I, I want to change. Mm-hmm. There are things in my life that I've, I want to change and they're not changing fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so I long for, I pray to be patient. I pray to uh, do my part and cooperate with God and not work against what he's doing in my heart and, and wrestling with, as I've heard this wise man named Nate say many times that it's progressive sanctification. It doesn't happen with a snap of a finger very often. And, uh, but I definitely want more and more sanctification right now uh, to grow. But uh, (laughs) anyway, so 77 pounds and a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's so important that that uh, you know that longing for change not be driven by self hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if we can see ourselves as God sees us, uh, lovely, beautiful, and completely loved, and to be drawn toward change rather than driven toward change. Yeah. So that it's not uh, that longing is still there. It's a very deep longing. But it's it's beautiful when the desperation goes away because it's no longer a matter of life or death. It's it's quality of life, and it's wanting to step into all that God has for us. Hmm. Well, how about you, Aaron? Uh, anything change in your life? Uh, any new challenges arise? Any new uh, insights show up during the last month? Man, challenges and insights. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know... Hey, Aaron, how my are brain you? Will, my brain will automatically go to simply never play leapfrog with a unicorn. That is the only insight I find is good or necessary in this life. Uh, no, I, it's, it, it has been good. Um, been having, a, I think, a good journey with my wife, trying to take steps in new directions after... 20 years uh kind of doing some reassessing for what what comes next so that's that's felt good uh i don't know i'll be a little groggy this morning i was up at three for no reason but i think it was my dog senses because at 4 a.m we got a magnitude 3.9 earthquake that was very jarring it's a jarring earthquake Mm. uh so yeah so that's exciting there's my check-in. I don't. I don't know anything What's, about earthquakes except that they terrify me. Like, how big of an earthquake is that earthquake? Uh, I mean, it's, it's fine. Nobody's gonna die over it. I think. Okay. Uh, if anybody did, like, I apologize. Crack some, <laughs> like, crack some drywall. Um, like, do foundation damage. No. Or just kind of nah, move things around, break that, a sugar jar. Yeah, I think I heard something break, but I couldn't find what it was. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it, it shakes things. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds. There's the little jiggly kind where you're kind of waiting. Is it going to get bigger? Or I've been in ones in we LA. We are talking there. about earthquakes, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the dirty I, joke. I, I, 
Okay. I particularly enjoy rolling ones where yeah. the whole earth is like a roller coaster and you're just like rolling and that's yeah. that's fun. Uh, last night was like the harsh little jiggle thing and then just a bam it, it just hit it was wow. weird so i didn't i didn't enjoy that one but uh, you guys are all weird every time i'm in the south people talk about earthquakes like there there have been there's only been one earthquake in my area where i live that was significant huh. around here my whole life what? and then there was one big one in la and one big one in san francisco so there's there's like my whole life huh. that's it you guys have all your little tornadoes and hurricanes and uh, come on i'll take i'll take the occasional uh, earth threatening to swallow you any day i think i might take that over a tornado actually really like, yeah, I, yeah i mean i think i could probably like keep my feet and do something, yeah. But I can't stop the wind from throwing a desk through me. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or me through a desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I was just thinking that same thought the other day, Newton. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> self, you can't stop the wind from throwing a desk through you. These are yeah. the and it scared I, me. I, I felt that's it, why so. I wake up at three o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so okay. yeah, things things are things are good here, and uh, Christmas is on. So it's. Mm. Uh, Kids will be out of school this week, and so that will be fun. And my second son was supposed to go on a special trip to Oregon all by himself, and then we found out it costs as much as the ticket to send a 14-year-old on an airplane, and we said, that's dumb. We are huh. not paying $700 for an airplane ride. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I will I will take him on some adventure. I think we might go up to the YWAMers around San Francisco or walk the streets uh, and give hot chocolates to prostitutes in Oakland, and that will be adventure enough. <laughs> yeah, it will be delightful. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a guest in the house, an old friend of mine. Well, I, he's a young man, so I can't call him too old a friend, but I, I've known you for a good decade, haven't I, Jamie? Yeah, time wow. is flying. Jamie Bennett is uh, here. Jay yeah. Yeah, and Jamie, point point of order, you're not allowed to talk until after the break. So <laughs> just so you know, whatever yeah. Nate says right now, you just need to shut up, my friend. Uh, all right, go on. Go on, Nate. All right. Uh, and and uh, it's uh, and his little dog too. He brought actually a dog with him. So uh, we will interview both when we return on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry Just last year when I was only seven Now I'm almost eight, as you can see You came home the quarter past eleven And fell down our Christmas tree Please Daddy Don't get drunk This Christmas I don't want To see my mama Cry Please 
see See what I see Way up in the sky, little lamb Do you see what I see a star, a star, dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite Come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him. Born the King of Angels Oh, come, let us adore Him Oh, come, let us adore Him Oh, come, let us adore Him Christ the Lord Welcome back. I hope you are just alight with the Christmas spirit after that or those amazing songs, whatever gets put in, in post-production by Mark. (laughs) Right now, we've got our special guest who's about to be given permission to speak. But first, Nate, give us a proper introduction. Well, uh, Jamie Bennett, uh, the bearded uh, monk, uh, I, I first met uh, Jamie. You're in town. You know, you live in Florida now yeah, and work yeah. in Florida, but you're in town you're doing some shows. Is that what I heard? Yeah, doing a couple of shows and a music video. Okay. So, oh, shooting a video on. while you're yeah, here. Okay. Yeah. Well, in an earlier life, and now I guess you've gotten the band back together, but you, you were yeah. part of a, a band called Royal Ruckus. Yes. Or, uh, a rap duo. Yes. Yeah. We, we've had various members in the group, but two of us have survived. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. We we started back in high school actually. Oh, did you really? Yeah. In Bakersfield? Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Yeah. We we went to the same you, school, you went grew, to the same church. You grew up in Bakersfield. I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had I not actually grown too. up, but that, that's where yeah. <laughs> uh 
All right. Are you are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it. <laughs> Survived. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Bennett, I, I, uh, Jamie, I've watched you. Uh, I've watched your spiritual and religious journey. Uh, I think we met in a Presbyterian church. We may have, or, or had you? Uh, you hadn't uh, become Anglican yet. I don't think. I think I was in process. But yeah, I, but I had met you at your uh, school. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I was I was an elementary school teacher at the time, uh-huh. and a few of us thought that uh, it would be a good idea to be better teachers, right? And you gave us the opportunity to learn how to talk to people yeah that how to talk <laughs> kind, to a crowd class kind i remember well yeah 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 oh so that's where we met okay yeah, yeah. um and uh yeah so but and you now uh, this is what one of the greatest experiences of, of my life in samson was doing a samson meeting at a greek orthodox church and i'd never yeah. been to huh. one before that's when you were in philly yeah that was and, super cool yeah yeah we, we had a whole bunch of people come out for that yeah and it 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 raised a lot of interest and it and it um sort of changed the way we we're doing things in philly oh yeah. wow it was awesome so yeah you just kind of been wandering around uh sprinkling these samson seeds so you got that group going in philly with the help yeah. of another guy yeah uh then moved to florida uh, you're working down there and you've managed to, uh, help get something moving down there. Have you? Yeah. We've got uh two years strong now in Boca Raton. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's, it's a tight knit bunch. I I've got to say it's one of the closest Samson groups I've ever been a part of. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody's speaking into each other's lives in an, in an appropriate way. Uh-huh. You know, um, our youngest guy's like 19. Uh-huh. Our, our oldest is 72. Wow. wow. And we all call each other. I mean, 19 year old calling the 72 year old, like everybody is involved in everyone's life in a real authentic way. It's awesome. How, how many guys? I mean, give or take? Uh, on an average, uh, average meeting is like five guys. Okay. But I, th- I think we've got about, I think we've got eight that are regular. Right. And then our extended reach is probably up to 20. Cool. Uh, but that's right good. On. That's the way to grow one, man. Uh, slow and steady so, and build real relationships. So give us, get, Give us a little bit about this, because I know there are a lot of people that think, I, I'd i like to be in a group. I don't know if I can start a group. You've been a part of the conception of a lot of groups. Right. So what is, I assume you've been a, a at least a core catalyst uh, in in those groups starting. So what's your process now? What have you learned? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Philadelphia, the, the experience I had there is a good example to talk about, because what we did is I had one other guy and we started meeting for beers once a week and we would have a Samson Silas type conversation. Mm -hmm. And we just made sure that we kept that appointment every week. And then we told other people. And then pretty soon, once we had one or two other people interested, then we shifted it from just going out for beers to meeting in a living room. And that eventually um, led to five or six guys. And then we hit up a church. And, yeah. that, and that's when we started meeting in the church. And that's where that group was born. Uh, we kind of had a cheat in South Florida. And that was Nate came to speak at the Calvary Chapel. Oh, yeah. And that facilitated a whole bunch of people asking Nate or asking the the pastor that facilitated it. How do I start one of these? And yeah. we just networked and it yeah. was like instant Samson meeting. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just to <laughs> add people. Yeah. Just to add people. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that idea, though. 
like the, the, the Philly group, like kind of putting the, the relationship in front of the meeting. Yeah. You know, like being intentional, like, yeah, this is when we meet and this is what our Samson, I'm using air quotes, what our Samson group looks like and going from there instead of programming it and going to a church first and saying, well, hey, we want a room and we want to show up and talk about porn and, you know, brokenness (laughs) and whatever. Um, I love that. Like starting it that way with friendship. Yeah. It was, and it was very organic, yeah, and and it gave us a very solid foundation to get the group going. Yeah, that's that's cool. When when people try to start a ministry at church, uh, there there's so much opportunity for my air quotes failure, <laughs> um, because things they have it in their head a certain way. Usually it comes because they're passionate about something and they really want everybody else to have that same level of passion. And something that uh, I've told people for a while now is, look, if, if this isn't going to be good for you to do with one other person, then maybe let's, let's figure out something else. Yeah. And I don't think it's any different for a Samson group that if you have one or two people you can meet and you can even do the entire meeting format with mm-hmm. a few other guys, but you just need to have people in your life. It doesn't have to be a big official ministry, an official meeting. Um, those are just made up words. It's about relationships. So I think that's yeah, really right. encouraging to know that that, you know, you started it with that. This is good enough with me and this other person, but oh, yeah. I think other guys might want to be involved. So we're going to put it out there but it's still good enough with me and this other person. Yeah. And I, and I think that sounds like a number of stories that I remember hearing from guys on the Samson weekend that we did in Colorado is a bunch of guys that were coming up that didn't have groups. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Find a friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't say that sarcastically. Yeah. I yeah. It yeah. Came out that way. Yeah. Like make a friend Yeah, and go get coffee or beer or tea or dinner or whatever. Yeah. Like, let it be a running buddy and have real conversation when you go run. Yeah. And let, let that foster from there. Yeah. And that just, gosh, that sounds so healthy. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds yeah, so right? healthy. Yeah. You, yeah. And, and so you so kind of lost me on have a conversation while running. I, yeah. I, I sorry. I don't think most of us. <laughs> well, can, for me, it's typically in the parking lot before and after, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. No, but boy, I did, this is a total rabbit trail, but talking while running. I noticed this because I walk for at least an hour every morning with another guy in Franklin. And while we're walking, runners are passing us, right? Yeah. Uh, men almost always run alone. And even if they're running together, they're not talking. Women mostly run in groups and mm. jabber away as they're walking. <laughs> as they're, I don't know how they're, how they're doing it. Anyway, that's just yeah. uh, totally correct. I, I that's have true. theories, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Nate, I actually tried to run f- once for one period in my life, and that was to hang out with Dane, uh-huh. the guy, for those of you that don't know, that I started the church with. And I am. I became convinced later it was because he was a good runner, and so he got to do all the talking while we ran. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. But yeah, I just I hope you guys like to to circle us back in. Like I hope you guys that maybe are listening that don't have a group. Yeah. Like take heart in what Jamie's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like find for find sure. somebody that feels safe. Yeah. Be that safe person for somebody else. Yeah. You know. Right. It, 
keep your boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, and started, started at a bar, started yeah. at a coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. Um, that man, that, that feels so encouraging to me, you know? Now, Jamie, uh, are most of the guys in your group married or single? We have a mix. Uh-huh. And in fact, in the two years we've been together, we've seen two marriages and two divorces. Okay. All right. Uh, one of them mine. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's been quite a journey. I mean, uh, what, what was that like walking through that with the guys? Did you feel uh, the, that gravitational pull to isolation? Did they pull you back in or did you lean into them? So, cause that's, that's a really big statement that you walked through that with them. There, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of leaning in. Yeah. And, uh, nobody really let me isolate, yeah. which, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, there, there was that because, yeah, desire. Listen, one of those divorces was yours. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> it's kind. Of, <clears throat> excuse me. It's kind of weird to to go through a divorce and then also celebrate with your guys. You know, back to back marriages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and then meanwhile, someone else is going through a divorce and fighting for their marriage, but it's not. It's not there. And walking through the joy and the pain together. It's just an incredible experience. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just a, ba- a band of brothers doing life together. Yeah. When it's good and when it's bad. Yeah. yeah. And actually having real conversation, real relationship and uh, getting below the level of uh, sports weather and. Uh, yeah. 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 So what, exactly. What were, what were some of the best and. Well, see, I don't want you to have to say what the worst things are, but <laughs> I'm thinking there might be some people listening right now that know, okay, someone in my group is going through something like that, something really hard in their life. What were some things that you felt like were the most encouraging? Everybody ought to have these tools in their emotional tool belt. You know, I, I would say probably just the availability of the Samson brothers. Um, people telling me, you know, dude, I'm here. Just just call me. Um, people checking in with me and saying, "Hey, you want to go grab a drink, or you know, want to come over and play a game?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, board games were probably a big part of my journey through all that. Just wow, hanging, really? <clears throat> yeah, just hanging with the guys and playing cards against humanity or something. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. get get your mind off it, laugh a little, and you know that the guys are there with you. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. And that is such a dangerous time uh, for any of us. Yeah, dealing with all the feelings of rejections, all the all the ramifications of separation. The urge to isolate is great, and our vulnerability uh, during during that time is so high. Yeah, that's why to me it's tragic to know that even right now, within twenty five miles of where we're sitting. There are at least a few hundred guys who are living in a motel or a hotel because they can't go home. They're in the process of divorce. They spend most of their time completely alone. Yeah. Uh, And one of the one of the best chapters of the life of this Franklin group was during those years when we had a Samson house available where guys who were in that oh, yeah. situation could all live together yeah. and pull each other through. I've forgotten about that. I would love to see that as an ongoing yeah. uh, ministry. Yeah. I was your first resident. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it hadn't quite become the Samson house. I think I was the pilot project. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. If it makes you feel any better, there's no longer a Samson house. <laughs> <laughs> you broke it. Uh, no, it was that. Uh, what broke it was the was the housing crash. <laughs> Couldn't afford to keep up two two yeah. mortgages. But for for the listeners that don't know, Jamie is white, <laughs> and so my question going into his musical uh, world is: How does a white kid from Bakersfield end up doing rap and hip hop? Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's a question I've dealt with for years. Um, and, and it's a good question. You know, I came by, honestly, I, you know, I grew up in a big house in... On this, 8 Mile? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Six bedroom trailer. Uh, no, yeah, I grew, I grew up in, you know, in Bakersfield in the suburbs. <clears throat> And I have I have older siblings and you know BC Boys was coming out, you know, mm-hmm. run DMC, like hip hop was How old are you? I'm thirty-six. Okay. So, so we're about the same age. Yeah. yeah. So so I was like five, six years old, I started listening to rap music. Right. And um my parents were of course encouraging the Christian rap thing, which started around eighty seven, a lot of that stuff started coming out. And yeah. even though some of it yeah. was P I P I D, the dynamic twins. Yeah. Yeah. I and believe it or not, I like I know a lot of those dudes. Um I grew up with all of this stuff and I was emulating it and you know, before I knew it when I was freshman in high school, I got arrested doing graffiti. So mm-hmm. I was emulating a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um so mom and <laughs> mom and dad kind of scaled back on how much they encouraged the rap side of things. But you no, know, I started writing rap songs when I was twelve, recorded my first record at thirteen. Um Put out a record. I never released one at 13. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I put one out at 16 and then I started uh, Royal Ruckus at 17. And we have we have never stopped being a group, even if we have kind of semi uh, retired from time to time. Yeah. So what? Because you guys did something like three, four years ago. Is that right? Yeah, we, we put out about a, right. We put out a record in 2011. OK, um, but, you know, basically from. We, we had a record deal for a while. That's how I ended yeah. up in Nashville, how I met Nate. Um, from 2002, 2003-ish to the present, we haven't put out anything that was all new material. Right. So this record that, we're, that we've worked on is uh, all new material. Not only that, it's basically two albums. Huh. Yeah. You're like a double link, or it's two separate albums that you're putting out at different times? It, it, it's coming out as one album called okay. The Summer of the Cicadas. It was cool. originally written as two albums, one for the group and a solo album. But the more we wrote it, it it felt like it was um, it was one record. It was like, here's part A and then here's the aftermath of part A. Yeah. Almost almost outcast ish speak speaker box. And uh, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of the second record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. 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 Speaker box. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a lot like that, Um, except here's one thing that's different in. Act one or disc one, however sure. you want to put it, we actually tell a story. It, it, huh. It's a love story, and it ends badly. Uh, it's not as autobiographical as you might imagine <laughs> from what I just said. <laughs> but what's interesting when you get to disc two is that is very autobiographical, huh. and it is the aftermath of uh, of the failed love story. Oh wow! And and it's it's very Samson esque, really. Uh, disc two because it's it's um, subtitled The Lone Gunman, hmm. which is both singular and plural. Mm-hmm. And what I tease out in there is the uh, the tension between 
being an individual and living in community. And so like this too has tons of guest spots because I wanted to capture that, uh, that we're doing this all together. We're dealing with our daddy issues together, the brokenness of the relationship, uh, that was in act one and, um, learning how to do life together and wrestle with, uh, death. Mm. Wow. All the things you're going all the way, <laughs> all the way. Yeah. My 14 year old has, has always loved rap. And when we'd be on road trips, he'd play his favorite and Andy Minio songs. And, and, uh, we would, I'd ask him what it's about and he wouldn't be quite sure. So he'd pull up the lyrics and I was really struck by how much, you can put into a rap song as far as content and deep meaning. Uh, so it's, it's far more pastoral in a lot of ways. So how, how do you approach that? Cause you're talking about some deep things that are in these songs. Is that part of what attracts you to this art form that you can, you can lay out a chunk of a thought in yeah. one song. It's, it's really expressive. I mean, that that's the thing is it, it it's not just a simple, pop tune it, it it goes deeper and, and you have the ability to express a lot more some rappers choose not to use that vehicle in that way some rappers use use it for very shallow things but like you mentioned i mean you can pack a lot in a rap song and when when we composed 30 rap songs <laughs> for our double album uh, believe it or not despite having 30 songs we had to cut some songs i mean be, because it's just you don't want to say too much. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I think one of the themes as a guy that also in that same way, like really grew up loving hip hop. Yeah. You know, introduced to it through the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and I mean, just on and on and on. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one of the things that I'm noticing now in in hip hop is that it may have been there like for a while is this not just social commentary, because I think that's always been there. Right. But like this concept album thing that seems to be happening in hip hop. Yeah. Like Kendrick put out uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, total yeah. concept record. Right. Right. Um, Swoop, who I, I would guess label a Christian artist, did, did one called Cinema that's yeah. a conversation with like him and the devil. Well, I just ruined it for everybody that hadn't heard it, but whatever. <laughs> um, but that seems to be a thing that, is it really happening in pop music or, or rock yeah. music? Mm-hmm. As the that, album goes away. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that's really, I think, starting or people are experimenting with right. in, in hip hop. And it sounds like you guys are doing that. Same, like this sounds like a concept album. It, it, it really is. I, I think that uh, we need more of that because a lot of times it's just a random collection of songs. Right. You know, where I actually got the idea was uh, Pedro the Lion. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, David Bazan was notorious for doing concept albums. And I remember his uh, album control. He told a very tragic story of a marriage that fell apart and affairs and all kinds of things going on in there. Very depressing record, by the way, but it was, (laughs) but it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And when we were trying to conceive of how do we do our final album, we were throwing around some ideas. I was, I was listening to NPR. Uh, I was actually down in Miami on a business trip and listening to all all songs considered and they they put a bunch of songs on that particular episode that were from bands that hadn't been around in a while and the co-hosts made a passing comment they should call this the summer of the cicadas because all of these bands are coming out 
we haven't heard from them forever and they're just coming out and making a bunch of noise. Hmm. I started thinking about cicadas and I thought, you know, cicadas spend most of their life preparing to live. Right. And then when they finally do live, it's a very full life, but it's very short. And and then they 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 perish. And with us being royal ruckus, we've been dormant for so long. Right. I thought, let's build a concept around cicadas for this this record. And it, it wasn't supposed to be a love story. It turned right. into that as we were writing it because mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out how do you flesh out this metaphor? But uh, but rolling with that, you know, the whole idea of the, the concept album. I mean, I think we need more of that. I think it's yeah. it's creative. It's interesting. And but storytelling. You know, I mean, like exactly. long, long, long form musical storytelling, exactly. you know? Um, and yeah. And Kenny Lamar is great at that. Like, yeah. Well, I think like one of the things for, for listeners that maybe don't dig hip hop, um, yeah. boy, that sounds like the whitest thing I've ever said. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things, like, I think there's a perception that, that rap music is like, gosh, money cash hoes to, to yeah. quote Jay Z. Yeah. And I think there is still an element of that, right? But there's so much quality hip hop that is social commentary, and even that is social commentary. Sure. But that is, I mean, guys like Propaganda. Yeah. Um, that he's a spoken word poet that's got his masters in, I forget what it's in. Like he's a smart, smart dude yeah. that talks about things like in a gospel way at a human level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even even secular guys like Kendrick Lamar and. Yeah. And now I lose other names. It's 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 a really uh, diverse musical genre. Yeah. Um, that maybe doesn't appeal to everybody, but I mean, black metal doesn't appeal to everybody either. Right. Um, I think there's I think there's a lot of really cool things going on in in hip hop. Yeah. Um, well, I, so I'm trying to develop a taste. Um, really, and I, I'm making progress on hip hop and sushi, both. Um, and I think our listeners. Wow. What? I'm sorry. No, no, I was just laughing at you. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, with you or yeah. near you, something like that. I, I feel like I need to press up a T-shirt that says "Hip Hop and Sushi." I feel like that would sell well. <laughs> Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, uh, our listeners are going to get a chance to cultivate um, their uh, um, artistic sensibilities. I, I'm sure that a sizable percentage of our listeners already are hip hop uh, fans. But even if you're not a hip hop fan, listen closely to uh, the lyrics of this song by uh, Jamie Bennett, uh, 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 Royal Rucks. Woke up this morning, bright light come through my window Had a sinking feeling that I am in a limbo I'm my own in regret, wonder where my friends go Stuck in between, lonely what it is my friends know Always trying to be better, change up all the things Writing letters to myself about pulling on my strings Grow here, grow there, pull myself up on my straps A few beers with the homies and I'm back up in the traps Getting into flaps with friends, throw with them the rap Asking God for scraps, knowing I didn't do the math I'll never find my way without companions in a map, resolved, find and be a true friend on the path. Show me the needs of a brother, so do the seeds of another life. 
Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright This girl, she is my best friend, she's made quite the impression Became a quick companion, has scooped up my affections Not a thing beats our connection, my number one selection Don't see her imperfections, only see my predilections But my heart, she keeps a messin' with every little steppin' Always second guessing, touch her hand, I want the restin' She says she likes me, but advances get rejection Can we make an exception, a little indiscretion? She says that's too confusing, my ego gets a bruising Love is oozing out my pores, I got a bad infection Change up my direction, be her friend by election, darling My hands hold not a weapon Now she's in a depression And crying on my shoulder Of course I'm gonna hold her Give her a kind reception But the very act of that moves Heat like a convection Resolved Pray for resurrection Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down We're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Cities getting crazy, passing laws that are so shady Against the men and ladies who don't have a home If the streets are where you roam, police are getting cagey Homeless hate lives, men to protect and to save me Safe from what? From a man who needs a meal, from a woman who's broke With homeless boys and girls, call them human pigeons Ignore their poor conditions, hope they'll go away soon To end or rescue missions, undefiled religion cares For widows and orphans, poor men, homeless, those without a fortune Portions in the soup line, economic disproportions The economic intervention, seeing Christ in contortions Look past the distortion, see an icon in his face Homeless and hungry, God bless Show some grace, starting in this place I'ma show some kindness, resolve Never turn an eye of blindness Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Alright, we are back uh, Jamie, thanks for coming and hanging out with us And sharing the music with yeah, us Yeah, thanks I'm, for having me I'm excited awesome. to hear more um, It's been five long years since I bought my last Royal Ruckus <laughs> album Um so yeah, where that's can they get it, it, Jamie? Yeah, tell yeah, let's do that. Where where can uh, the fine listeners of the Pirate Monk podcast? Yeah, uh, it's available for pre order right now at summeroftheCicadas.com. But tell us how to spell oh, cicadas. Yeah. Cicadas is C I C A D A S. Okay, and uh, it will be available in January, pretty much everywhere you can get music digitally. Cool, but I do recommend going conventional and ordering the cd we got some pretty cool packaging Are you guys doing vinyl as well want to okay want to cool i got to do a few more shows to raise the money right right <laughs> but, cool and and you've got a christmas release we're oh, gonna yeah. circle oh, back yeah. around christmas song. good yeah. point yeah so we've we've got a three song christmas disc available on the website or you can just 
listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. And we're also one of the songs is featured on a compilation called No Sleep Till Christmas by Invisible Library Records. It's a great collection of songs. (laughs) All right. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. So uh, that about does it for um, for this episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. <clears throat> if we don't talk to you between now and Christmas, we hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, so, I'm Newton. I'm Nate. I'm Mark. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Jamie. We're your friends, and thanks for listening to yeah. another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Got some things on my mind. Coming up on Christmas time. It's been a lot of years, it's been a lot of time. Life is like a climb, grab that nook on the incline. Don't let go for your life, don't let go less your time. There comes a time for all when we cannot hang around. It's Christmas time in Boynton Beach. Mama's cooking chicken, but she's out of reach. She's on the left coast, I stayed home in Florida. Chose to be alone and pray for the Lord to be my Christmas gift Cause I'm feeling adrift Feel waiting mortality which is filled with lift Holiday formalities, car crash fatalities Next year I outlive dad messed up dualities Joy and pain not the same but they mix like pain Created new colors so some things are game This year left me dream my best girl walked away Did everything I could to be good and to convey That I can but I swear it all vanished like air but if I I'm learning from life, I'm no worse for the wear Now I'm confused about home and what it is inside Is it where I grew up or where I sleep at night? It's been a lot of years, it's been a lot of time Life is like a climb, grab that nook on the incline Don't let go for your life, don't let go less you're done There comes a time for all when we cannot hang or run It's been a lot of years, it's been a lot of time Life is like a climb, grab that nook on the incline Don't let go for your life, don't let go less you're done To run a grand, I put back upon my head that royal ruckus crown. All I want for Christmas is my boy Flatline. We made a double album, it's about dang time. Homie's over there, and I am over here. But we storm another steel like we wore some musketeers, like Rose Pierre. We incorruptible, but I stand against that do the state's destructible. All I want for Christmas is no president. Can we get Congress to dissolve their torments? Fomenting this mess, media creating stress. Facebook comments, nauseating work distress. Gotta love my neighbor, whether Donald or the age. Put away my lightsaber, forgive the KKK. All I want for Christmas is peace above all things Return their hate with love, I would die for the exchange It's been a lot of years, it's been a lot of time Life is like a climb, grab that nook on the incline Don't let go for your life, don't let go less you're done There comes a time for all when we cannot hang or run It's been a lot of years, it's been a lot of time Life is like a climb, grab that nook on the incline Don't let go for your life, don't let go less you're done There comes a time for all when we cannot hang or run Like a climb, grab that nook on the incline Don't let go for your life
back at you with that Christmas jam. 